Hey, welcome back to another episode of Caffeinated CX, where we talk about CX and stuff, all in a hyper-caffeinated state. Hey, it's me, David, the Caffeinated CXO. And before we begin this episode, I'm just going to remind you to review, rate, share, like, blah, 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 this show, so we can make the show grow. Also, my first book is on Amazon. It's called The Blue Collar Call Center. You should buy it. It's five bucks for the paperback, three dollars for the Kindle. There is another one in the works, so be prepared. Be prepared. So the first thing I want to do today is talk a little bit about NPS and CES, right? NPS, of course, being Net Promoter Score. And my favorite thing is when people say NPS score. So, you know, kind of like ATM machine or PIN number. It's fun. You know, it's just one of those things, you know. I don't know. But... Here is something that I did. I asked ChatGPT to uh, write me a Dr. Seuss rhyme about NPS and CES, customer effort score. So let's let's read them. Let's read them together. All right. So this is the NPS one. Net promoter score. What's that you say? It's a way to measure customer loyalty. Come this way. We ask our customers how likely they are to recommend on a scale from 0 to 10 they can apprehend. Scores of 9 and 10 make a promoter oh so fine. They love our company and will spread the word. That's divine. Scores of 7 or 8 make a passive not bad, not great. We need to give them more to turn them into a promoter. We can't wait. Scores of 6 or 7 make a detractor oh no. They're not happy with us and they may tell others, oh, whoa. To calculate our NPS, we subtract the detractors from the promoters and get a score from negative 100 to positive 100. We're not fakers. So if our NPS is high, we know our customers are loyal and true and we'll keep working hard to make them happy. That's what we'll do. That That's cute. That's cute. All right, so here's the customer effort score one. Customer effort score. What's that you see? It's a way to measure how easy things can be. We ask our customers, was it easy or hard? On a scale from low to high, we're always on guard. Did they have to jump through hoops or climb a big wall? Or was it a breeze, easy as pie, not hard at all? The less effort they need, the happier they'll be. And they'll keep coming back, you'll surely see. By reducing the effort needed to get things done, we can increase satisfaction, and it'll be fun. We'll track our CES over time to see how we fare and make improvements to show we care. So if we want our customers to stay, we need to make it easy, day by day. With CES as our guide, we'll surely succeed, and our customers will stay. That's guaranteed. So that was a cute one, too. That was a cute one. So, but I wanted to get into a... uh, now now we're starting the actual episode. So, as you all know, or should know, possibly know, or you're about to find out, I am in the trades, the home service business. Plumbing, HVAC, etc., etc., etc. So, 
And my goal is to improve the customer experience and the employee experience at this company. That is my number one goal. And I do it through training, through culture things, this, that, and the other. So let's get right into it. I want to talk a little bit about customer loyalty, right? And how to improve it. Because a lot of places do it wrong, right? And especially in the trades where, let's face it, the trades already have kind of a bad rep, right? Because of people that have actually deservedly are bad. (laughs) So um, let's see. So now I want to, um, there's two angles of this. One is the customer experience through the customer service department, the booking agents, um, the CSRs, if you would, the directors of first impressions, and then customer effort. So, because, well, you need both to provide a fantastic, great, amazing customer experience, right? You need people who are on the phone answering the customers as first contact who have empathy because people are calling in in a panic state and most most trades companies most companies now have at least a chat option and a self-service option right they can go to the website they can book an appointment right into the system there's no need to call anybody or if they wanted to they could message on the website through a chat feature or sms like service titan has or um you know, they could uh, go through Yelp or Google and chat in, right? And they'll get a response. So, but these people, most of them so far, have skipped all that and gone directly to the phone. Why? Because something's happening in their house that honestly probably hasn't happened before. It's something they don't really think about. You don't really think about your plumbing or your HVAC until, uh, you know, it doesn't work. So the people who answer the phone need to have empathy, right? They need to be able to get rid of any fears or worries that the customer might have because honestly, if you're like 70% of Americans, you are living paycheck to paycheck and honestly, most people don't have like enough in savings to cover like a $500 emergency bill, right? So, and as sad as that is, and that could be another topic for a different podcast, that's the reality that a lot of people are facing that and a lot of people rent now as opposed to own homes the majority in la county rent they don't own and there's a sneaky thing that a lot of uh, landlords and property managers have slipped into their lease of all indoor plumbing is the tenant's responsibility which again different discussion different podcast but so these people, right, who are paying $2,500 plus a month for rent, and they have a plumbing issue, they need to take care of it themselves. It's no longer the, oh, I'll just call my landlord and they'll send someone over. No. They'll have to find the uh, the best, most convenient, most best uh, price or the ones that will offer financing, stuff like that. So the directors of first impressions, the CSRs, need to be able to understand that and they need to be able to work with that and they need to build enough value in the company for the 
customer to not call anyone else because unlike ordering a pizza where you reach out to one place a lot of people reach out to multiple trades companies to see who can get there sooner or who can give a price over the phone or this that and the other so that's where we are so we need to use empathetic language when dealing with our customers our customers need to know that we understand their problems and are we are, we are here to help them out when they reach out to us we need to make them feel heard and understood we should be using phrases like i understand your concern i can imagine how frustrating that must be this that and the other so typical empathy statements but they need to sound genuine they need to sound unforced and they need to sound unscripted because i'm a believer that you can't really script real empathy right the thing is, over the phone, you kind of have to over-communicate because they can't read your facial expressions, they can't see your body language. I love going out on the floor and I see people nodding and shaking their head and stuff like that. It's like, dude, they, they can't see you, man. They can't see you. So the, the CSRs, the first contact, they need to be really good. <laughs> they need to, uh, and, and I, I know, I know, um, that doesn't really define it but they need to be really good they need to know what services the company provides what services the company doesn't provide and how to help the customer regardless right because that's what they're here for they're here to help the customer so if someone calls in and let's say they have an issue with their rv plumbing right now most Plumbing companies can't work on RVs or they don't work on RVs, but there are companies that specifically do. And you can either have a partnership or you can have uh, just a referral program with an RV company or simply you can Google one, give the customer the number or transfer them over of the highest like rated one that you found on Google, right? One they're going to most likely remember that, right? So when their circumstances change or, you know, they trade in the RV for an apartment or a house or whatever, they'll maybe remember the name of the company that actually couldn't help but got them help, right? And they'll call that company next. On top of that, and maybe even more importantly, that's just the right thing to do. It's like, uh, no, we can't help you. Sorry. Bye is not an appropriate response, honestly. Not for one that um, has a future site in mind, right, and goals to get to. So the other way of improving the customer experience is reducing friction and reducing effort on the customer's part. A lot of companies do things that are very, very, very convenient for them, but very inconvenient to the customer. And that's... Uh, that's the wrong thing to do. That's, uh, that's not good to do. So things like time frames and then sticking to those time frames, right? Or making, the, making it so they don't have to jump through hoops. Uh, make it so that they don't have to call back for an update on where their service person is, right? Uh, this can actually be translated into pretty much any other industry, like where's my package or... Where's my product? Or, hey, I can't log into this website. It doesn't matter. You have to reduce the friction. You have to make it convenient for the customer, even if it's a little bit more inconvenient for you. So, 
Now, there are drivers of disloyalty that will ruin the customer experience. And each part, each piece of the, the drivers of disloyalty will reduce their loyalty and their retention by like 10% or so, maybe even higher. Uh, these are things like repeat contacts. If they have to call back in because they don't know what's going on, they don't know where their service person is, right? They, they need to follow up because no one's reached out to them. That's going to reduce it. In fact, they might just go in and cancel the appointment and move on to the next person that is going to call them back or that is going to give them updates. Um, another one is channel switching. So let's see, let's say they reached out on Yelp, right? Or through chat. And the person who's answering the Yelp messages or the chat is like, oh, cool. Um, yeah, we can definitely help you with that. Give us a call. What? What? Why? Why? They reached out through a specific channel for a reason. There's no reason to have them switch channels to get what they want, especially if it's like booking an appointment. I mean, you can go through text for that. That's not a big deal. So that it's one of my pet peeves. I It's happened to me before when I chatted into a place and they asked me to call. I was like, why? Why? Whatever. Um, the other one is like having them have to repeat their information, right? If uh, let's say they call in and the customer service rep is like, yeah, okay, okay, cool. So we'll get you... Uh, after they get all their information, they tell them what's going on. Um, and then they have to transfer to like, let's say a dispatcher or manager or something like that. And they do. And then as soon as the person is transferred, the employee, the new employee has to ask for the information again. Right. Nobody likes, nobody likes that. Nobody does that. In fact, um, it still happens to this day where you put in all your information into an IVR and uh, as soon as you get to a customer rep, a customer service rep, you have to uh, repeat everything that you put into the IVR and it's dumb. It's, it's just dumb. And then, you know, things like policies and processes that um, kind of ruin the customer experience by making it harder to do business with you. Why would you want to make it hard to do business with you? Right? That That's weird. That, that's weird to me. Let, let's uh, let's put up some uh, fences around us, and uh, the people who can hop over the fence, we can do business with. Um, we'll set up some hoops, too. So if they, uh, once they hop over the fence, they can, uh, you know, go through, uh, go through some hoops, too. And then we can do business with them, because that seems like the smart thing to do. Well, guess what? It's not. So if you increase the building value, the empathetic language, uh, the agent or the customer service knowledge and hire for the right people, which I think I have an episode on that. If I don't, I'll, I will. Um, you want them in place and then you want to remove any friction between for the customer so they can do business with you. And then that's what's going to make your company and your department and you stand out from the competition. The, the easier it is to do business with someone, the more pleasant it is to do business with someone, the more you're going to do business 
with that person, right? And I have so many ideas on this that this uh, I could make this like an hour-long episode. I'm not going to do that to you. Um, maybe I'll just break this into bits. But um, if you have those two things and you combine those two things into one seamless um, experience, you're going to go far. So, yeah, there we go. Make it as easy as possible for the customer to do business with you. Remove any roadblocks, any friction. Make it more convenient for the customer than it is for yourself. And then be incredibly, incredibly pleasant on the phone and with every interaction that you have with that customer. Keep them up to date. Let them know what's coming. Manage their expectations a little bit, right? All that good stuff. And then that'll be good. So that's today's episode of Caffeinated CX. And I'll see you guys next time.